It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Mickey Hart here. You're listening to GAR Football Show. The GA Hour with Colin Parkinson is brought to you by Paddy Power, home of the Money Back Special. I'm not finished yet. It took me a long time to get here. Both parents have, have spoken with each other and, uh, and they regret what happened. They've had a frank discussion with each other and they're, they're both of them are keen to, to now focus on getting back to their county jerseys. But these fellas will get such a f***ing shit shock next Saturday evening that we'll put them back in their f***ing houses for f***ing years. Oh Jesus, that's closer than I thought. Of course, with the home venue advantage for Dublin and the home draw for the GR. <laughs> <laughs> and the referee who teaches in Dublin, we know all of it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right, we have the final we all wanted. I think we'll all agree on that, right? So we have Kerry, the two heavyweights in Gaelic football in Ireland. We have Kerry on 37 titles, Dublin on 28. Dublin are closing in fast on Kerry's number. What, what was it Jim Gavin said when he took the Dublin job? I have the quote written down here. My greatest challenge will be knocking Kerry right off their fucking perch. <laughs> It was a true story. You haven't saw it. You didn't see that quote, no? Okay, right. Listen, enough for me. I have a few friends that want to say hello to you as well. I, the wonderful Joe Broly, would like to welcome you all down to the GR Live at Liberty Hall, you know, previewing the All Ireland final. What a great crowd. Some crowd is right, Joe. Just have a look at that. Row 7 CJ. Some of the stuff, absolutely. <laughs> Jesus, look at the legs on that. Oh, I see those legs, absolutely. Very well, well spotted, you I'd say he'd make a fine pullback, that fella, huh? Big old ties on him, huh? Beautiful stuff. Well, anyway, like I was saying, welcome. We're previewing, you know, Dublin's historic 5 in a row win because, let's be honest, it's a foregone conclusion. The Dubs are going to do it. Well, the Dubs, wouldn't they want to be winning us with all the advantages they have, huh? Gosh, stop, Jerry. The Dubs get no advantage whatsoever. Except for the fact that they've got the biggest population in the country, they play all the games in Crow Park, they have more coaches in Dublin, they have most problems, and there's more money than they know what to do with. But apart from that, <laughs> they have no advantage. Absolute. 
I mean, that's a total disrespect. Dublin, what a great county it is. You know, I love Dublin. I really do. There's not one bad thing I could say about it. There's not one bad person in Dublin. It's just a wonderful place. Mystic Mac here. The notorious Conor McGregor, yeah? <laughs> well, there's always one, isn't there? <laughs> Listen, I just want to make a toast to Dublin and to the five in a row, yeah? <laughs> the champ, 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 champs. That's what I'm talking about. With the finest Irish Proper, proper shot I've ever tasted, I can tell you that. <laughs> uh, and you're going around hitting all fellas now as well, McGregor. The elephant is soon to be whiskey, eh? So you're going to continue to go around hitting all fellas, is that right? Listen, lockdown, I have no fear of any old man, you know what I'm saying? I see nothing but stiffness in that elderweight division. <laughs> Excellent. You can hear plenty of jury number because that McGregor film is full of absolute crap, so easy. Don't Sorry about that, lads. I just can't listen to crap. Anyway, lads, I thought football was going to be cancelled after last year. It was that brutal. Uh, pure concentrated football for the whole year. It was so boring. But this year, lads, I said I'd watch it. I'd give it a go. And I watched Dublin vs. New York a couple of weeks ago. And I have to say, it was one of the best sleeps I ever had. It was just useless. Huh? But this is Dublin vs. Kerry. The Dublin Jack Eames vs. the Kerry Cute Who. What? And I predict history will be made and the dubs are going to make it. They're going to become the first team to win the five in a row. Or they're going to become the second team to make an absolute bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> but either way, Jerlock Dan won't be watching it. Good luck. I think, I think that line, I, I see stiffness in that elderweight division is one of the all-time classic lines. All right, are you ready for our first panel? Give it up for Bomber Liston, Jack O'Shea, Sean Lowry, and Bernard Brogan. On the on. Hold on, Sitting on the couch there, Sean. It's safe to be there, is it? It's safe to be there, is it? <laughs> It's the crowd split 50-50, lads. The Kerry lads were a little bit nervous that they were coming into the, the lion's den here, but it's okay. It's not usual you have that much Kerry support, lads, is it? Uh, <laughs> usually this weekend, we plenty of support. <laughs> right, well, I want to talk about the rivalry, lads, right? And between 1974 and 1986, Kerry and Dublin won every All-Ireland, bar one. Dublin won four, Kerry won eight. And, of course, Sean and the lads spoiled the party in 1982. We're going to get to that. But uh, I think we'll just start, we'll start with this video, Bernard, which you like. This is Kenny Hickey coming away now. Come on, Mr. Hickey. It's always nice to see that, Bernard. But like this was 77, you'd beaten Kerry in 76. There was a lot of similarities. You were the, you were the hot favourites at that time, and Kerry had a young team building. Well, in 75, when we played Kerry, you know, in a sense, I was talking to somebody the other day, we were ambushed because we were a very young Kerry team. We were red hot favourites. I think being beaten in 75 gave us a bit of momentum for the 76, 77 campaigns. But obviously, you know, in a sense, our team was, I think, was, was a little older team than the Kerry team. So. In 78, when they came along, I mean, they were just, even though we were leading by five points or six points to one, seven points to one yeah. after 25 minutes. And uh, then the game just went away from us. I mean, my belief is, is that, you know, you know, there's not a lot of talk about this, but Kevin Moran pulled his hamstring that day. And you don't hear much talk about it, but Kevin shouldn't have been playing. 
And she, that's, not, that's not complaining because it's 40 years ago, but... Yeah. He, he wasn't right going into it. He wasn't right... <laughs> <laughs> so, no, it, it, when he was, I mean, if you watch the match, you watch the match, you'll see Kevin running back on an occasion and then... He sort of pulled his thing. He was, he was actually the Bernard. He, he, he was chasing me. He was chasing me. Bomber, you he was arrived. trying to slow up. He was. <laughs> you arrived on the scene in 78, Bomber. And listen, you, you were a little bit like Brian Fenton. You didn't know what it was like to lose for a good few years then. No, that, that was my first um, championship year. I played my first championship against Cork Munster final and played the semi-final and final. And... Jeez, I got on a good run, like Fenton, all right. Um, but that day, I, re I remember just thinking, going up, like, geez, this is a good Dublin team, like, you know, Christ. And I knew we had a good team as well. And I said, you know what, if they beat us, fair play to them. And when they were six to one up, geez, I said, you know, let's just, they are, what a team. And, and it just <laughs> turned and just shows you, like, you know, um, that team, and they proved it after. They got six finals, like, you know, but just momentum just hit with us there. I think the, the big thing wasn't, the, I wouldn't put it down to the hamstring um, <laughs> or the bandage. You're every credit every time I meet, Every time I meet Kevin, I'd say, geez, every one of us would like to have a, had a safety net. But having the bandage here and having the bandage around the head, how many of them did you need? But um, I think it was really the psychological damage of Mikey's goal. You know, it was a yeah. total unique goal and that really did major damage. Like, because I, I went in at halftime, I couldn't believe uh, that we were still in the game. Like, you know, and that someone, I, were we a pint up or something? No, I think, I think where the game turned was, can't you turn really with the goal John Egan got in the first half? Um, all the Dublin players, 6-1 up, they were all attacking. And I remember, I remember the incident we got a free mixed plan took it quickly this fella came out and caught it he flicked it down to me and I looked up and there was only one Dublin defender between me Johnny. and the goal and Pat Spillane was inside me and Johnny was inside him but there was only one Dublin defender in their own half right. so they were totally attacking like the, Bobby um, Robbie Keller was up on the 14 yard line all the Dublin players just well, did they, I think they had, they had us washed up. I was up at the, uh, the semi-final. They have definitely learned from that because there was 15 Dublin leads for <laughs> a lot of it behind. <laughs> well, Sean, I suppose you were watching this um, at the time thinking, geez, we have a right good team building here and we will be around very soon. And it was the 79 Leinster final. You kind of entered the, the scene against Dublin. You lost that one, but then you won three Leinsters in a row. Yeah, 1979, 78 or yes. 79 was the one that we lost against yeah. Dublin. You got a goal in the last minute, Bernard. Uh, but I, I, I think after that, Dublin were a kind of a gone team, you know, so we were there and we, we figured all the time after that that we were going to win the Leinster for the next couple of years. Right. But that's the way football was. And even, even to this day, people talk about football is dominated by Dublin or whatever, you know. But I mean, Dublin dominated that time as well. And then awfully dominated. For three years in a row, we got won the Leinster three years in a row. Uh, I have I have six Leinster medals, and both of them were three in a row. So when I'll be boasting now. No, I'm not boasting. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm just telling you. How many other in, 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 <laughs> in a small in a small county, you need to make hay, you know, while you have a chance. And we we had a good group of players for a couple of years, and we won three Leinsters. And then I was lucky enough to come with another tree as well. So yeah. all I'm saying is that 
when you do kind of have a good group of players, and even going back to, to all the matches, and we won't talk about stuff, but 80, 1981, we lost the All-Ireland against Kerry. But we knew going home on the train that we probably would be in the All-Ireland the following year. It was that simple. It was no knockout. There was no, or sorry, there was no qualifiers. There was no... We were going to sail through Leinster. <laughs> yeah, even with Leash and whatever, or Dublin. Well, there, Sean, I wasn't around at the time. Bernard Rogan is there, right? Well, I'll tell you what, in my time, Leash never beat Offaly, so yeah. I rest my case. But <laughs> in hurling our football. The, yeah. The one, one thing, though, about that Offaly team, they lost a Leinster. They came back, they won a Leinster. They lost the semi-final, came back and won a semi-final. They lost the final and came back and won the final. Mm. You know, it took a good team to do that, yeah. to learn, and they had a fabulous well, manager. They were persistent anyway, I suppose. Yeah, <laughs> persistent, like, yeah. The semi-final in 1980, it was 4-15 to 4-11, and Matt, Matt Connor scored 2-9 that day. Yeah, he's phenomenal. Was a phenomenal yeah. Game. yeah, but I, I still think, Jack, going back to that match, even though we're only three or four points in it, we had never a chance of winning that match. We mm. were all the time catch-up. Yeah, but you know. if you look in the next couple of years, you altered your team slightly. You were playing centre-forward yeah. one did, year, yeah. you were centre-back another year. Yeah. Yeah, like... They were plotting the downfall Absolutely, for us, really. Yeah, 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 we yeah. actually played them in quite a few challenge games as well around that, that time. I agree with that, yeah. And the opening pitches and all that sort of stuff, and unknown to us. They, but they plotted a, a plan, but they had to execute it on the day. And the 82 final was a fabulous game. It was a fabulous game of football from end to end. The three halfbacks, Sean, Pat Fitzgerald, and Liam Cormack, scored three fantastic points in the first half coming forward. Like, Kerry, we, had, we played good enough to win that match. Yeah. We had our chances to win the game. But, like, they hung in there, they hung in there. And they got the, the goal at the end. Yeah, but I, 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 I honestly think that even uh, for 13 and maybe even 14 of, of the players that played for Offaly in 82 never played as well as they did in 82. Everybody played well. And, and to play well in yeah. the Ireland final, mm. it takes a special individual. Mm. And I suppose we... Who did we, we play, Sean? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just saying it, it, everyone played well, but, but we, I never played as well as I did that day. And I could say Brendan Lowry didn't play as well as he played that day. You know, Parik Dunn, yeah. Tomas Connor, Richie Connor. There's very few well, We're going to get to the five in a row in yeah, a second okay. now. But there's yeah. very few All-Irelands one with individual performance. It's really a team. Yeah. What, what team performs as a team? Yeah. That's, it's the same next Sunday. Like, Dublin can show up and have two, two or three outstanding players, but if they don't play as a team, they won't beat Kerry. If Kerry plays as a team, they have a chance of beating Dublin. So it's all about... If you can go on a Monday mornings and list your players from 1 to 15 and mark them out of 10... If you can get 13 of those players with eight points, you'll win the all of them. So that's yeah. what's all about performing on the day. Hey, Bernard, uh, D Dublin have done very well this time on keeping this hype on the five in a row down, because I'm going to get to the Kerry hype in a minute that, that this uh, got a bit out of hand. But Jim Gavin, I slag him off a lot about, and the media manager who controls a lot of stuff. But Jesus, I can't believe it this week. This, there's been no real pressure, you know, coming through in the media about the five in a row. No, but I mean, that's because, in a sense, there's nothing comes out of the camp. I was just saying before, that before we came out that, asking me what's going on, what would Bernard say about what's going on? But they don't tell anybody anything. Yeah. So, I mean, I've, I know very little about who's being picked, what their tactics are, strategy. I mean, when I'm watching the match, I'm trying to figure out what the strategy is for <laughs> anybody else. So he, he's, he's, he's done, for the, for the time that Bernard's been there, Jim Gavin has created a situation where they're, they're very tight. There's very little gets out of the camp. So that's why I think there's, there's very little to write about except for position. And that's why it's, it's hard to create hype if you haven't got something yeah. that's sort of... Tactic, yeah, to, yeah, to work, yeah. work off. The hype got real with G-Bomber because, like, I mean, 
there was talk of songs, huge crowds in Killarney at, at your training sessions, which wouldn't be un unusual. That was happening in Kilkenny when, you know, in the, in the noughties. But then there was rows about what colour jersey you'd, you'd wear and stuff like that. Um, there was all that, and there's no doubt uh, there was hype. And um, have no doubt about it, pressure comes on when you're going down that straight. That last 10 minutes, if you look back at that tape, some of us did things that we normally wouldn't do. Right. Our positioning, we lost our shape. Um, and in fairness, I'd only put it down to pressure. And there was pressure even in the morning. I was talking to Paddy Mahoney during the week. He's saying, geez, I remember you were as pale as ghosts at breakfast. Do you know? So that even though there's no hype, and you, have no talk, doubt. Are you talking amongst each other about pressure? It was just internal... No, uh, you wouldn't be talking yourself. about pressure. You'd be trying to put, geez, you, you could hardly talk and you'd be pale. And, you, <laughs> and Jesus, you're, you're wondering. And next thing the match is on and you feel it's going away from you. And you're saying, Jesus, will I go out? Will I go out? Will I stay inside? Um, Jesus, just an awful lot of things. But in fairness, uh, I'm not taken away from Offaly. They, we were playing a right good team. Mm. And you're talking about the songs... There was a song that time, five in a row, five in a row. Can it, can it believe we won five in a row? And, geez, we were down in Mulligans just down here the, the following, the following sun, the match, the, it was Monday, wasn't it? All Ireland's were Sundays. Monday. <laughs> we, were, we used to always go to Mulligans in Poolbeg Street, just a team after. And uh, we were below, and Jesus, it's the worst feeling of all when you lose uh, in All Ireland. It was my first experience of losing one, and Jesus, waking up in the morning is the worst of the whole lot. And uh, Jesus, you're trying to just blank it out. But anyway, we all met down in Mulligans, and we were having a few pints. There wasn't much chat, and a few more pints, and not much chat. And <laughs> Con Hoolahan, I don't know if a lot of people here remember, he was right for the evening press. He was a carry man. Uh, just a fabulous writer, a sports writer, and Con Hoolahan, yeah. So Con came in anyway, and geez, we were all there as well, because for the first time you'd get the evening press, the first straight off the bat you'd win there, and you'd be going down, did I get a mention? You know, did I get a... <laughs> but this day anyway, we were down, and next thing, Con went over to his usual place and sent over some champagne to us. Champagne. And geez, next thing anyway, Sean Welch and Ogie and a few more and Digging into the champagne, and next thing to the case of five in a row, five in a row. <laughs> Christ, we were close to the five in a row. <laughs> you know? So the songs were out that time. Anyway. <laughs> um, now I have to say, so you went five up in the second half of that '82 game, and like I mean, while Offaly were hatching a plan for you, the plan wasn't working that well for Offaly. And then they started getting some of the handiest frees you'll ever see. So I have an example. <laughs> this, is, this, is Sha, this is Sean Lowry getting one of the handiest frees you will ever see. And Sean Lowry. <laughs> <laughs> so, have you ever seen that? Like, that's, David that's Goff wouldn't give that to Kevin McManaman. <laughs> <laughs> that's, well, so, Colm, that's a yellow card now. <laughs> so, that was it. Then Kerry, you're down to two in it, and there's a lot of pressure coming on. And, you know, it's backs against the wall, and 
We know about black card offences in the game now, but we'll have a look at this and you can tell me if this was a black card offence or not. Yes. <laughs> you can be certain. You can be certain that film was doctored. <laughs> Photoshopped or whatever they call it. Well, you can forget about Bomber Liston as far as he's a man. You <laughs> <laughs> should have held on to them all. Do you know the funny thing from that free, Sean? I don't have the video of that. You robbed about 10 yards from where that free was taken. Did I? <laughs> but the goal yeah, but the, the amazing thing is going back to that free was before the free. I remember, uh, was it Mikey Sheehy was coming out of the ball? And I think, Bomber, you were behind me. Uh, I'd say I was in front of you, Sean. No, <laughs> no but this is, this, is, this is important now. Yeah. <laughs> the bomber was behind me, and Mikey Sheehy was coming out with the ball, and he had Sean Welsh, and he had Pat Spillan, and he kicked it to you. And what did he do when he kicked it to me? <laughs> oh, he tried to kick it to you, bomber. Yeah. But, of course, I intercepted. That's, that's exactly. <laughs> and I gave it to Patrick Sherrod, and that was the free. But yeah. all I'm saying is, nowadays, uh, Mikey Sheehy would have given it to Pat Spillane, mm. would have given it back to Mikey Sheehy, would have given it to Sean Welsh, and you could have walked up the field with it. But he knew that Spillane doesn't give it back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but that was it. The, 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 and we all know the famous goal and everything. But the, yeah. the funny thing about that is, is that Seamus Darby came on for a wing forward, and then brought Tommy Doyle into the full back line, and he followed him in. So he wasn't really prepared for a, you know, like a switch yeah. at that stage. You know, like your lad said, the pressure was on, and everyone's brain was scrambling. I suppose, Jacko. Yeah, I think like when you're in a lead like that, you you know, it's into the last minute, minute and a half again. You're trying to defend, and actually, when Seamus Darby kicked the ball, would you believe it? I could even feel the way I nearly got to it. I actually, the ball just flicked over my fingers. What am I looking? <laughs> so, uh, you know, you, you go into the defensive mode naturally enough yeah. in front like that. But as we mentioned, the freeze there, like, I never had a crib about the goal, but the two freeze they got before the goal always bothered me. And I said it, I actually said it to the referee in, in, in San Francisco. There's PJ McGrath. PJ McGrath. Jacko, I'll tell you where you can get therapy now for and that. <laughs> the, word, the words he said to me were, I, I didn't think they were going to score a goal, they were trying to tighten the game up. Oh, yeah, I'd say that's true. Yeah. But, Bernard, that's what referees do. Yeah, the actual words he said to me. Where is he? Oh, yeah, but, 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 but Jacko, you, you got a very handy free in the first half now as well. Have you got that one, Colin? No? No, no, I don't. All right, Sean. Obviously, we'll, we'll finish up with this, but the Mikey Sheedy missed penalty. This caused a lot of confusion. He missed the penalty. I think you were shouting bomber for uh, Tim Kennelly to take it. And were you shouting for Obi Moore? So, was there, was there no, a bit of confusion the, about who would take it? I told the fellow that one time, and it was true, was that um, Tim Kennelly was bursting in it with penalties in training for about five weeks before that final. He was just bullets, honest to God. And I knew, just, I remember, Mikey, things weren't going well for Mikey at the time. And I was saying, geez, I went running over towards the sideline to, I said, Jesus, then something. I said, haven't you some cheek going over telling them what to, what to do? Yeah. I was just saying, the thought came into my head, just that it would have been a penalty for Mikey, but, or for, for Tim. But look, 
my, it was a good save, in fairness, and it wasn't a weak penalty. He had a good blast at it and yeah. give credit to the, to the goalie. Well, maybe, that, maybe that was the pressure to a bomber as well, or, or that was yeah. even confused. Mikey Sheedy was a penalty taker. Yeah, yeah. He shouldn't have even... You know, he actually never liked taking penalties. He didn't like taking penalties, did no. Right. And um, I got the job after that then. <laughs> that was the last one I think he took from then on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was taken after that then. No surprises Well, Mikko was ruthless. Mikko was ruthless. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't talk to me. I know that. <laughs> 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 Bernard, we're talking about all these things that are going wrong and, you know, on the field and the pressure. But when you look at it, Dublin were going for three in a row against Mayo in 16. And Lee Keegan runs up the field and scores the most inspirational goal you're going to see. Rattles the net in front of the hill. There's about eight minutes left. The whole country's behind them. And Dublin don't panic. That's the one thing about Dublin. You know, like, you just can't see them on Sunday ever panicking. No, oh, they, will. The they will. You huh? think so? <laughs> no, they will. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here, yeah. yeah. Be if we're, if we're close enough to them, coming down the straight with 10 minutes to go, yeah. you'll, you'll see a lot of mistakes. Right. No. I intend. Wasn't I there? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we might, we might see mistakes, but Dublin have won games by a point because they've, I mean, we've won two all Ireland for the last kick of the game. So even though Dublin are red hot saves on Sunday, they haven't won all Ireland by big, by big scores, but they've just kept plugging away. And even when Warwick will get a goal, don't have the ability just... You know, the, way, the way Cluxton plays, he contributes to that because we win a lot of the kickouts. So it means after people score against Camp us, we them. get the ball. So we have the ball. Whereas when, when games go against teams, often the balls are kicked out long, and, and, and then they don't win. So a couple yeah. of scores can be against them. The whole momentum of the game changes. So that'll be interesting Sunday to see you know, the, that tactics about the kickouts, what happens. I mean, in, in Kerry in the league game, Kerry pushed up on us and played man to man. So, I mean, took some, I know it was Evan Cumber who was there, but, and he did pretty well with the kickouts, but he was kicking them long. So, that's a, that'll be a big part of the game on Sunday. Yeah. But Kerry kick-outs. had a very good record against Clucks in the kickouts. They're very good at putting pressure on them. They did. They invented yeah. that big press. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. that was there. They have that in their armour, yeah. Yeah, no, they definitely do. So, here the big question here, lads, is Tommy Walsh start or not? Um, I would I'm actually, I'll, I'll, no point in asking Bomber. Yeah. Because, listen, this is a number 14 target man to another one. No, I'm not going to... Would Dublin like Tommy Walsh to start, Bernard? I, I don't know whether Dublin... As, like a, as a fan, would you rather see Tommy on the bench? I'd rather see him on the bench. Yeah. You know? I think Tommy Walsh, as a footballer, when he came home from Australia, he, was, he, was, he came home with an injury, in my opinion, and he played games, but he was never really... He didn't run properly. But in the last couple of years, I think he's a serious footballer. And if, if you kick the ball in high to Tommy, and you put it within three or four yards, I and mean, he'll win 80% of those balls. So him in the field against us is a serious threat, you know. So would I rather see him on the bench? Yeah, I would, yeah. yeah. There's your answer, Sean, really, if people are even up for debate of whether Tommy Walsh starts or not, is I, I would be fairly sure the Dublin backline would prefer if he didn't. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. and that's why you play him. Yeah. Because that's, that's, that's the whole reason I think he has to be on. But, and I think with Clifford, it, it, it puts an added thing as well. And the Dublin full backline is the only... If you talk to people now, uh, they, they said the weakest link on the Dublin team is the full back line. Well, then, if you have Tommy Welsh and, and Clifford inside, well, that, that, that to me is, is the only way of, of I, I unhinging this team. Will, you know? I think if Tommy Welsh starts, Dublin will start a different team what they were hoping to start with. Yeah. I think Dublin will change their team. They won't know, though. Well, they won't know, but they'll, they'll, they'll have to work on it fairly quickly yeah. if, if he does start. But, 
I'd be first there. And, and they're very good at that too. Dublin are very good at, at, at that. Like to, to me, me, to me, you you yeah. need to have Keno Sullivan or Philly McMahon come into market. Yeah. I don't think they have any other player in their full back line who would take care of Tommy Welch. In my opinion. Yeah. So it does mess them up a little bit, Bomber, if he starts. Uh, I would say Dublin are so professional, they'll have a Tommy Walsh starts team and a Tommy Walsh doesn't start team. What are you whispering over there? No, I don't. I'm going to tell him not to tell you anything. <laughs> <laughs> has, it, has it got out he's starting? Has it got out? <laughs> Come on, on. Jack no. was a bit guilty there already. <laughs> no, I, I would. I'd start him. Absolutely. Um, He's, a, just, he's a, in a rallies man. It just gives it. He's an Ola man. You have to have the ball kicking into him. You know that. Pardon? You have to have the ball kicking into him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But what it what, what it gives you really, like from a from an attacking point of view of all forwards, like you, you know, you can have that low, fast, snappy football, which is great with with forwards if they're out in front. That's not working. You go up the wings and you give the diagonal ball in. That's where he'd be a huge asset. Yeah. No, you're going to have to have fellas bombing through from behind and coming at the dogs in waves of fellas off the shoulders. It just gives you an extra strength to <sighs> bow. And it isn't that you'd have to use him every single time. You know, it is just, that's why I would do it if I was in charge. Just, But I'm sure they'll, they'll do what's the right thing because they'd see more of him inside and training and how he's doing and all that, so yeah. no, it we leave is, it to the management. It definitely is the big talking point. It is the big talking point. Well, I think no matter what time he comes on the game, if he, do, if he doesn't start, he'll, he's, going to be, he's going to change Dublin's thinking and he's going to change the way that Kerry will play the game. Um, I feel they will use him quite a bit. Um, you know, if they, can, if, they can, if they have that luxury that they can use him, like I was able to use this for in the years gone by, like it's, it's a great luxury to be able to put the ball in 40 and 50 yards, but you can set yourself back up again for Andy coming back out. Plus, you have the, the 80% chance that, that someone big like that will not get their hand to the ball. And if you have snipers on my stats, Jacko, my stats were 98. <laughs> <laughs> right, guys, we'll finish on predictions. I want to finish on predictions. Bernard, I'll start with you. This is an easy one, really, isn't it? Predictions, it's a prediction, yeah. I mean, I think Dublin will win, they win by a couple of points. Just a couple. It yeah, it won't be. A big, it won't be. I don't think it'll be a high-scoring game. I think they'll both be fairly cautious, and I think it'll be. Uh, it'll, be, it'll, be it'll be. There'll be a lot of man marking. Not not a defensive game per se, but a tight, tight game. So I just don't think it'll be a big-scoring game. But I think Dublin will be a couple of points. A couple of points, Sean. What do you think? I I, I think it'll be Dublin. Yeah, I think it, it's very difficult to to beat the system they have, and I think they have so many so many of a panel and they have it so well sussed out. But there's so many proven match winners. Yeah, exactly. They? Now, remember now that uh, Mayo scored two own goals in one All-Ireland and only won by a point. In <laughs> actual fact, Mayo, uh, Dublin only They're scored... They're cursed, you see. Kerry are cursed. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's, yeah, well, that's... Is that a plus or... That's a plus for Kerry, isn't it? Well, not yeah. being cursed is a plus, I'd say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, but remember, Dublin only scored nine points in that All-Ireland final. Now, they have improved since that. That's the problem. That's for Kerry. <laughs> yeah. But just, just, I'll just finish on one thing. Uh, Offaly were 6-1 in 1982 to well, beat six Kerry. 6-1, yeah. S similar betting to now. And then. Dublin are 5-1. to one. So there's always a chance. Yeah. 1-5, one to five, yeah. Dublin are one to five, yeah. Five yeah, well, one, well, yeah, yeah. one to five, yeah, yeah, one to five, yeah. But Kerry were one to six, so right. I rest me clear. 
Um, there's a course. chance. There's a chance. There is a cor- of course. Know, there's but a I, 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 there's one thing I, I don't think. I don't think it'll be a close game. Right. I think Dublin. <laughs> I think if Dublin if Dublin get away, they'll win it easy. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. Yeah. But that's. that's the, no, K- Kerry might get away. And if Kerry get Robert, away, Robert, did you ever lose? Did you ever huh? lose Ireland to Dublin? No. No. Uh-huh. We time? never lost in Ireland to Dublin. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what, I'm, what I'm saying is, this Kerry team will believe they can beat Dublin. I have no doubt about it. Yeah. They beat them in the league this year. I know it's February, but that's psychologically that's a big thing to them. I personally think that there'll be stages in, in this game that Dublin will dominate. There'll be stages Kerry will dominate. To me, it's what team makes here when they dominate. Because if Kerry can dominate for 10 or 15 minutes and knock into, like they did in the semi final, you remember in the first half, they knocked in two or three, three goals early on, they're capable of doing that. So I think, I think everybody will be near the edge of their seats throughout the game. Because I, I can't see anybody going home before the last five minutes. If Kerry can hang in there with 10 minutes to go, anything can happen in football. The ball can hit the post, come back, a goal. Anything can happen. So, but these carry lads will believe. I think there's about 11 of them haven't played in the final before. Once they get over that ten, initial 10 minutes, I think they'll settle into the game. I think you'll see a massive game on Sunday. And I'm expecting a very open. I can't. I want to see a very tactical game. I think it'll be very. It'll be man on man. Yeah, I think take each other on. I'm expecting that kind of game. You're never too young. I was 19 when I played. Mar- <laughs> Hang on a second. Uh, I was 19 yeah. when I marked Bernard in 77. I was 17. I was 20 when I won my first... <laughs> <laughs> it was over age. I was 20 when I won my first All-Ireland. So, like, you're never too young. So was I. You're never too young. Just, okay, no, no. here, buddy, leave the no, questions no. to me there, all right? Just a second. Conor Con- Callan was... What age was he last year? Conor's 23 this 23, year. 21, yeah. 22. You, you're, you're never too young. If you're There's physically strong enough, age doesn't come into it. There's seven of the Kelly team... Like, or 22 or younger. Yeah. Yeah. Nine, nine that played against nine of... Here, come on, listen. Give it up there now, right? You're, no, you're never too young. Like, if, if, you can get on, if you can get on to a county team, you're there on merit. And, like, if you were too young, you wouldn't be there. Yeah, no, so if you if you haven't got the ability, you won't be there. So I believe in them. I think they're a very good team. They're an up-and-coming team. They're going to improve. This is a huge task. I have no doubt about it. A monstrous task. But if they can overcome and have that bit of fear... I think they need fear going into the game, fear of losing a game. I think if they bring that in with them, that'll drive them. And when you're on the pitch, football takes over. What lead up means nothing. Yeah. That's my opinion. What, what do you think, Bomber, on this? I get the prediction off you. There is obviously pressure on Dublin coming down the straight. Is, yeah. But yeah. there'll also be pressure on Kerry thinking, Jesus, we're actually stopping this. I know, Sean, for you, <coughs> you kind of got a smashing grab. I don't think the pressure's on Dublin, though. Five in a row doesn't mean anything. Right. The well, player, listen, there's how many players in the Dublin team are actually going for five in a row? There's probably about six or seven. There's a lot of players are not going for the five in a row. So there's only about six or seven in the starting team. It's still history, though, Jack. It's still history. Listen, it's, it's an all Ireland to be won. One of the, one of the, big... like the Dub- if you ask any Dublin player what's on tomorrow or Sunday, he'll say it's an all Ireland. Yeah, it's yeah. not five in a row doesn't but, matter. But one of the yeah. one of the real advantages Dublin have is is, is their squad in the sense that oh, they're course, 26 yeah. guys. Yeah. So when Dublin make a change. It very rarely weakens the team. Of course. And the fellas that are on the bench are very experienced. So they're, they're yeah. waiting to get in. And the question about how Kerry got that ability to, yeah, when things go wrong, to, to make yeah. those changes. That's why when Dublin make changes, generally speaking, mm-hmm. the, the guys that come on 
changed momentum of the game a lot. Now, can that keep going? In, me, in, the, in the meat game, Kerry made changes. They made a big effect. In the Tyrone game, they made a few switches that really... Big effect. They did yeah, the yeah. team. Yeah. Yeah. So I think both teams have a few players. Dublin probably a bit more than, than yeah, Kerry on yeah. the bench, but like, no matter who, who comes into the game, well, it's all about... It's on the day. You have to I know, do yeah, no, yeah, that's true. Good. Bomber, we'll get your... You're the cast and vote here. Be, uh, <coughs> I'm, I'm wondering no, which no, way you're going to go. Very seldom the bookies are that wrong. Um, maybe once every 37 years. Or <laughs> 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 But, I knew he was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I know from, for a fact that the more All-Irelands you're playing, the more nervous you get. And everyone yeah. says, oh, it is experience. Sure, you're, you're, look at the experience. Jeez, the experience of the fellas I played with. Jesus, you, 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 the pressure got worse and worse because you actually begin to realise that you're not just playing for yourself and your family. Jesus, you're playing for, for, the, for the county and... There's extra pressures yeah. on and it. You overanalyze it. And then throwing yeah. the five in a row pressure, which I'm telling you, in the last 10 minutes. Well, Jacko so, says there's no pressure oh, at all. Well, well Jacko never felt pressure. He'd be <laughs> waving up at the fellas during the, <laughs> during the band. Let me tell you, there is pressure. Anytime you're out in that field, and the, the few hours before it, the night before it, the morning of the match, the and when you go over and shake hands and you think your man is after swallowing your hand, like kind of, you know. All these things, there's a fellow up in your shoulder there telling you you were useless, you should have trained harder. There's a fellow up here telling you you were brilliant. And these are all the things that are going on, but there is pressure. Anyone that will tell you there is pressure. I love the game Bobber's playing here, it's brilliant. It's huh? pure Kerry, <laughs> ramp up the pressure stuff here. <laughs> I just, ask, ask any lad, was there pressure there, no? oh, as you got older? Yeah, Did it get easier? Absolutely. Yeah. There's more things you think about can go wrong. And, and no, no, matter, is, yeah. no matter how, it's good to be young. Yeah, but no matter how Jim Gavin isolates the players away from the pressure, they're going to bed with pressure on Saturday night. I don't care what they said. It's the pressure of history that they're going to make history on Sunday. And no matter how they isolate them from it, it's there. And that's the problem with 10 minutes to go, as the bomber says, and even Mikey Sheehy said there, in 82, his legs were in jelly, even though he was as fit as a fiddle. Yeah. He's, the nerves are kind of... And this was a man that has... He went on to win nine All-Irelands. Eight, yeah. Eight. My God. Yeah. No, so I'm just saying, and if there's no pressure, then well, I don't know what you're talking about, Jack. Yeah, I think. <laughs> no, I, I think it's different. Indiv individuals are all different. Everybody yeah. in teams are yeah. all so different. So you used to go play in pitch and put I used the to play pitch and put the Sunday morning, yeah, and that's how I spend my morning. And up did, to the did, did you play pitch and put the morning of the '82? I final? played every All Ireland final I played. I played pitch and put in the morning. <laughs> I, I totally. So you couldn't sleep? No, I, I used to sleep. I used to, I used to actually be one of the last to go to bed. I'd be one of the first up. I'd have my breakfast, I'd go down to Malahide, play 18 holes of pitch and put, I'd bring <laughs> five or six of the, the subs with me, and I'd come back, I'd have a sandwich, head into the, well, I'd drive my own car into Crow Park, go up and watch the first half of the Ryan match, and I'd come down to dress them. I love the whole setup. I love the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> did, you have, did you have an old pint of stout or anything else? <laughs> I'd put it like this to you, right? When you just put it into perspective, we were fortunate enough Right? On Sunday, 30 people will walk behind the Arcane Boys band. That is unique to be one of those 30. And that's the ambition of any young kid, any gaily footballer. Like, if Kerry players are down in Kerry for the weekend, they have no chance of winning the All-Ireland. They're up in Dublin, they have a chance of winning the All-Ireland. That's where county players want to be. That's where every kid that plays gaily football wants to do. Walk behind that band, be one of 30 that do that. That is unique. 
And yeah. that never leaves you, and that sensation never leaves you. Yeah. You're going to make never me cry done. here, Jack. <laughs> 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 well listen, give it up for panel one. Berber Brogan, Sean All right, we're going to take a five minute break there. Go to the toilet, go to the bar, and we'll, we'll talk to you with panel two soon. Ring a ring a rosy as the light declines. I'll remember Dublin City in the rare old times. Welcome back. All right, you ready? You ready for panel two? Give it up for Ger Brennan, Alan Brogan, and Paddy Power Ambassador Aidan O'Mahony. <laughs> give it up for give it up for them again. There. <laughs> they were on the way. They were on the way in. I want to start off talking as about 2011 because he all played. Good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a great day for the parish, um, Alan. I can, I, can imagine, I can only imagine the nerves, though, that were in the Dublin dressing room for that one, because it took you so long to get there. Yeah, um, we're going to leave out the previous 10 years, are we? Yeah, we're leaving that out. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, like in a way, I don't know, like the old cliche was another match for us, but I suppose... Were you really talking like yeah, that back was. then, or is that just... I ah, know, there was, yeah, no, there definitely was a bit of that then, but it, like, obviously going into play against Kerry, there was... Like there was a huge chance of, of kind of what was going to happen, and I suppose like when you look back now, for us, I'd say a lot of maybe not ourselves, but a lot of supporters were kind of probably going into that match in hope rather than expectation. God, if we could, hopefully we can win this game. Whereas now we expect Dublin to win, and like we expect Dublin to win on Sunday, so it was different then. But uh, yeah, I'm sure there was like I'm sure there was nerves at the time, and um, but it was once a game, and like for myself going out playing, there was always a few nerves before, but once you got to like to the hotel with the lads and you met the lads, you started to kind of, you started to calm a little bit then and once you were on the field, you just took it like any other game. Yeah, but it, it wasn't just the, the, the fact you were in an Ireland final, Jerry. You hadn't been on the road as long as Alan trying to get into one, but it was the Kerry team you were coming up against. Do you know what I mean? Proven All-Ireland winners, you know, track record, all those things. Am I reading into that that when I came into the team, it improved Alan's chances of winning All-Ireland? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's a good point, really fair play to you. Well, the team of that decade, Woolly, you know, you had Kerry, you had Tyrone, and obviously Cork won in 2010. That Cork team probably should have won a couple more All-Ireland, but uh, that's neither here nor there. So we're very much aware of how talented uh, the Kerry boys were, the amount of All-Irelands that they had, and when you added them up all together, if you start looking at those kind of external things, you can kind of become uh, somewhat overawed by the occasion but kind of one thing I certainly remember in the lead up to that game was uh, the sense of routine and normalness that Pat from the management, Pat Gilroy and the management team tried to maintain. We're in the group, he got all the kind of circus stuff out of the way in the first week and that's probably still the case now. You do your kind of media day, you do your uh, your supporters day in Parnell Park, get all your tickets out of the way and then for the final two weeks, all the suits and all this stuff, final two weeks, Concentrating on the concentrating on the game and the the task that's uh, ahead of you, but certainly the one thing I knew going into that match, and Alan, I'm sure will agree with me here, that 
whether we were going to win or lose the scoreboard, it had been a massive success because lads were beginning to play for each other. And I know you might have one or two clips of the game, but Alan was actually the guy who got the interception. You got a hand to, I think, Declan O'Sullivan's hand pass in the middle of the field, yeah, which led to yeah. Kevin McMenamin's goal. Like, Alan never tackled for years. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but he got player of the year that year, this year. Was it, it is, we used to have a statistician, Ray Boy, yeah. and I, I have to ring him on the, on the Monday morning after match. Ray, will you stick me down for a few tackles there? <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like Alan Brogan, one tackle, Bernard Brogan, zero tackles, give him a couple of tackles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and Pat Gilroy, and, and uh, to give credit to, to Aidan, his team, and the Tyrone lads in Cork in the year beforehand, uh, Pat would have watched the game, uh, those previous All Ireland finals, Woolly, and one statistic that he always focused in on or principal play was the tackle counts. What is a tackle in Gaelic football? That's always debatable, but making contact and stopping the man in position uh, going towards your goal. Mm. And when you looked at Aidan's All Ireland finals in Cork the year before, they were getting up towards 100 tackles. We were hitting about 55, maybe 60. So um, certainly Alan Burns, all the forwards, they all took a good bit of flack, um, whether it was the opposition kick out or we might have got turned over in the opposition half. It was probably just the norm. We didn't really know any different that you kind of make a kind of tackle yeah, yeah. or a gesture to tackle. But once the lads gone past you, you go back into your position away from the next ball in. So um, we learned quite a bit from uh, what the previous champions did. Well, you've kind of segued into my next video, which involves you, Aidan. And this is how to tackle. And Aidan is a bit <laughs> of an, in, an, enforcer, an enforcer for Kerry. But then maybe made a Dublin that the lads are talking about, a different Dublin. Four. <laughs> Aidan O'Mahony's in with the shoulder that time on Barry Cahill, forced the ball out over the line. <laughs> <laughs> and this happened then about 10 minutes later. Kick out there, a head up James McCarthy, and then he's able to feed it to colleagues. Aidan O'Mahony fouled here by... And that was your, that was that was a big part of your role uh, with Kerry. It's the same as Jer. A little bit of a hands-on, get the shoulder in, annoy a fella, physicality. That you know, a big part of that game. And not only you with that Kerry team. It was known as a great footballing team, but it was a lot of that in it. Yeah, I, I suppose I, I knew early on in my career. Um, I wasn't brought in for my football. Uh, I was brought in for. <laughs> I think after Tyrone 2003. Um, look, everyone spoke about Kerry being bullied and. Uh, my seven Paul Galvin came in in 2004, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> things changed a bit. And like, look, like as, as you said there, look, uh, the likes of my seven jar, which would be, I suppose, good breeding. That you have to throw your body in the line, and you, you throw your body around for the, the likes of Alan, the, the lads to get all the credit after to shine. Do you know these guys come out and after say, <laughs> I was man a match, forward as well yeah, there, just so player of the year. <laughs> <laughs> I fancy my I chance now. I am presentational now. You could have just thrown me in. But yeah, you, you have to like, and I, I think, um, look, we, you talk about years that we've played there, and obviously I was no angel like, but um, there's parts in games, yeah, there's parts in games where, look, as you said, do you, you go out, you mark someone, I won't see you take them out of the game, but you go in and do a job, like, like everyone speaks about the 2014 game, I said, Mike Murphy, no, I said to you the last time I met you, he's six foot six, he's well able to take care of himself. And I just went out and man-marked him. And you, you do something for the team yeah. that you mightn't be seeing the game, your man mightn't be seeing either, and that's your job on the day. Simple as that. And like, if, if, it, gets you, if it gets you over the line, then, then so be it. And that was a good part of my 13 or 14 years of career. Obviously, I enjoyed the football. I can like, kick the ball and stuff as well. Like, but, um, you know, it, it, it's that part like, where you, you play the, the kind of robust side and you're, you're left off. And 
when your manager doesn't say to you, look, you shouldn't be doing that, you obviously must be doing something right. Like, so, yeah, yeah, that obviously backfired that, did it? <laughs> but it's funny, though, because Kerry have us all fooled into thinking when you go out and play against them, it's going to be a nice open game of football with loads of kick passes and stuff. And like, we obviously knew better than that when you had the likes of Aiden playing and Paul Gavin playing, and even Kieran Donny, who, who, who's involved in everything that's going on in the field. So, those uh, referees, the, the game as well, the, the referees yeah. are sometimes yeah. as well. Those, yeah. like, in this, like, like we talk about dark <laughs> arts, talk about dark arts. Like it was, uh, but Darrell O'Shea was a tough man too. Like I mean, they had loads. They had loads. Yeah, there was loads of them. Like they were obviously well able to play football too, but they could definitely mix them when they want as well. Um, like I would have known from seeing Aiden in action against the Australians in 2006 that he was well able to mix it. Am I joking? He's around somewhere. You'd be waiting if you're waiting for him. He's like, delighted. But that's the thing, though, Ella, because this 2011 game, like, you have, Dublin haven't looked back since that, but that game followed a, a, a pattern that you'd started well, you're in the game, and now it started slipping away, right? And it was slipping away, Kerry, the experienced team, and there didn't, there didn't look like any other winner other than Kerry. And then bang, you dispossessed that goal, Kevin McManaman and goal. And amazingly, it's like Dublin history, it was tra you were transformed because it looked like no other winner only ye after that goal went in, which was a weird one. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm not sure if it was like that. Like Kerry got a couple of great scores after that. Karen Donny got a huge point. But the stadium um, was alive, wasn't it? Under pressure. But that was obviously the momentum from the goal and stuff. But like that's and there's talk like did we did did maybe Kerry throw it away or did we go and win it? Like for me. Um, like kind of the game could still have went either way like Jerry gave away the, like the free he had and Eamon Fennell won the <laughs> oh, we'll, be ta we'll talk about that it's later we'll <laughs> and in fairness Eamon Fennell bailed him out like but um, <laughs> uh, so there was moments in that game that like that the game turned on and, and, and like the dispossession I got out in the middle of the field like that could have been any one of our full forwards or half forwards and it was something that we'd worked on kind of compressing the field from half from the halfway line back we'd worked on it for months and months and months and it just so happened it came off for us in a game like that at a crucial stage that that uh, obviously led to a counter-attack that Kevin Mack got to go from. So, like, that for me didn't happen by accident. That was through months and months, if not two or three years of work before that, 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 that kind of led into that. There, yeah. there was a 2007 quarter final against Kerry uh, where we were in the mix, Willie. Yeah. Uh, you were playing into, kicking into the hill in the second half and maybe the last four or five minutes of that game you were probably the first team to actually just keep possession mm -hmm. um, not take it into contact um, Hughes got the ball in the corner at the canal sorry at the uh, hill Hughes left stand uh, side he played the ball back out it was a big arc around there was about 20 phases I think Declan O'Sullivan kicked the ball over the bar and you may have gone on to win by maybe six or seven points that day um, to tie it in with what Alan was talking about where we were trying to com compress the field we kind of knew if we were a couple of points behind in the game going into the uh, last quarter that we couldn't be just standing there and allow them just to kind of keep possession. So we did begin to push up and push up and push up. But I thought the difference between 2007, say, when you were keeping possession, Aiden, and in the last quarter of the quarter final, in the quarter uh, in the third yard in the final, 2011, you were playing the ball in your own half and in the middle of the field. And that was something we were probably working on as well. If we had a lead that we wouldn't be messing around in the defence that you'd be keeping the ball up there. But... Uh, but again, it was that work rate. Right? Alan got a hand in. Um, I think Keno Sullivan got the ball. Maybe he, I think he set you up. You set Kev Mack up. Free, yeah. 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 Quick free. And uh, again, like you said, the rest is history. But we did learn quite a bit from uh, from our previous mistakes in the previous years. You know? yeah. But we also learned quite a bit from watching the teams that win.
from watching him play. And like you going into that game, Aidan, like you, you obviously showed Dublin the respect it deserves, but you mm. were able to handle them so easily up to that point. And did you realise when that game was over how the balance of power would, would have turned around? No, I, I think the, the big thing for us, like the game was kind of eerie because we got on top early on and we spoke about this that, you know, like Dublin, I suppose, with the crowd there as well, like you, it's like a, a 16 player being on the pitch and we kind of said to ourselves, if we can get on top early on, quieten the crowd, you go along your business. And then I can remember when um, Kevin got the goal, it's something I always remember, like it's fine to be saying, right, you're still up a point, there's time left, you know, you need to get on ball. The stadium started rocking. Yeah. Uh, Dublin were back in the game, and then your your thinking was, you can be doing so much inside in training, like about getting the next ball, and winning the next ball. It's just totally different. You've led trying to pick up their main. You're kind of saying, right, we need to get momentum here. We need to get our hand in the next ball. And then I, I think when you win all Ireland, there's a bit of luck involved, and obviously when the mo momentum goes with you as well, it changes the game. And it did with Dublin that day. I think the ball went down again. There was another turnover. Um, the wing back who got man of the match Kevin Nolan yeah. yeah. kicked a massive massive yeah. score like and uh, he goes his only ever point in the championship, championship yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a time to kick it good one wasn't yeah. it yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah and like so you know and, and then the momentum was with him and obviously then the the, the free in the finish which oh Jesus it was, it was a, I won't say it was a harsh free but it was harsh uh, <laughs> but like it, it was it was it was one of those games that you, you nearly knew that when Dublin turned it around from like four points up seven minutes to go and they, they turned it around, that it was very hard to get back into To go back, turn that back. The crowd yeah. was on top of you. Your, your mindset just goes. Mm, it just totally yeah. goes because you're, you're put into a situation that you're not used to. Now in fairness and training, like nowadays they do scenarios and stuff and they say, right, you're two points down, five minutes to go, how do you react? Do you need a goal? Do you need to kick a point? They do it now. Back then it was a case of Right, first 15 are on the pitch, you're up four points, seven minutes to go, and next, the floodgates open. And yeah. saying, like Bernard Senior said there, that you need a kick out. Kick outs then went long, and then it's a, any man's game, whereas, yeah. you know, you yeah. need to secure that next kick out. It, 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 was to, it was totally different. Like, it was kind of, you were trying to pick up your men, like as you said, the ball is going long because you're a point up, and all of a sudden, you, you're, you're going from being in the driving seat to kind of saying, you're still a point up, but it's like you're after losing because mm -hmm. the crowd are on top of you now, and it's a case of, they're 20 miles away, next turn top of your back, and you're like saying, Jesus Christ. And then when they kick the equalizer, you're like, this is not going in well. And then obviously, <laughs> obviously the free I see, and I said, oh, Jesus Christ. It was like, it, it was written in the stars, this is going to happen here. And I can remember standing under the, the, um, the bar, and I was kind of looking up, and I was like, I said, I hope to, well, whatever, like he'd put it wide. But I knew when he ran up to it, I was there like, here we go. And then, I'd say Jones's road, the mm. I'd say the, the center line cracked because the place just erupted. Yeah, and I've I've experienced in Leinster final in 07, Dublin scoring goals and how you, how your brain scrambles and it's hard to describe it until you felt it. The stadium rocks and I'm sure Alan, it's, it has the opposite effect on you. You know, yeah. you yeah. can't we can't communicate with our players. The stadium's going crazy, and you just it's hard to keep focused. You know, yeah, you, yeah like I think opposition. when you're like when you're in the mix in the game like that, you're just focused on the game and a lot of what's going on in the crowd is very much periphery. And I think, like, if you watch, and I've watched the last, kind of the last few minutes of that game a few times, I'm not sure, Aidan, if you watch it too often, but... Uh, <laughs> I have it here, actually. <laughs> and if you haven't, I wouldn't I, recommend I, I, it. <laughs> you won't like but, the ending. I, I watched the 2009 game a lot. Too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, it was completely frantic, and I think, 
like all the scenarios that yeah. you work on trade and say that all goes out the window and mm-hmm. there's lads just playing off the cuff and Kieran Donny kicks a score from out on the cube stand Bernd kicks a big score off his left foot Kevin Nolan kicks a score that he's never kicked before in his life for Dublin wouldn't be known for kicking points at all and then he kicks one from 45 yards out so and like if you watch us after the, if you watch us defending after after Stephen's point when you talk about structure in, in defence stuff we are all over the shop when that kicker comes out and the seller just just please just blow this up because if Kerry had another attack, we were so frantic defending that the likelihood was they were going to get a chance anyway. Obviously, the referee blew it up and the game was over, but it was completely frantic for the last seven or eight minutes. And like it, like it just like a couple of things definitely went in our favour, and we were lucky to come out on top of it. But but you'd hardly begrudge just one at that stage, Aidan, would you? Mm, I wouldn't begrudge you anything. <laughs> Come here, we're well, moving on to 15 now because the three of you played in 11. Jerry, you played in 13. Alan, you were injured. And then Aidan, you and Alan played in 15. And 15 never really got going. It was like Dublin kind of had carry at arm's length for a lot of the game. And then Alan, you didn't get a run until the 67th minute. And then you came on and you did this. A very questionable amount of steps taken. And, we, <laughs> and, and we've, we've put a counter on it to prove it. <laughs> Dublin can break once again with Alan Brogan. <laughs> Picking up his first possession, all the way down to his younger brother Bernard. Back to Alan again. Two former footballers of the year, the Brogans. I was saying. Really I was saying, oh. watching that match, wasn't it fitting that Alan did the one-two with Bernard because he's the only one he ever passed it to? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, nice memories with that. You probably knew at the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, you were in two minds, I suppose, because Bernard or, or dear McConnelly made a, a good support run. Yeah, well, so when you come that far up the field, I'm thinking, right, I need to offload this now, and like you see. Um, like you saw Dermot going past me there and I actually asked it, like it just opened up I think like again it was the latter stage it was quite frantic it opened up and um, I suppose all the all the work over the years and my left foot paid off in that that six, seven, six or seven second clip and yeah. I managed to stick it over but I asked Dermot afterwards um, Remember being in the showers with him, and we were talking. What were you doing in the showers? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't just me and Dermot now. Back, back in the hotel, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I asked him, "What was the story?" Like usually, if you see Dermot coming, like he's roaring for that, yeah. and you just give it to him and let him do whatever he does with it. But uh, he never really looked at me when he was running past me, and I said, "Dermot, what? Like, why do you want it?" He said, "No, at that stage, I was bollocks. I didn't yeah. want it at all. Off you. I was just, yeah. I was just making a decoy run." And uh, look. Like it was a really wet day, if any remembers, and and you know kicking on your left foot like from that far out, like it could have went anywhere, but thankfully it just like, like it went over the bar. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was under twenty-one. Where did you think he was from? Forty-five. Uh, but it's funny, Jerry. I remember watching that final, and I, I won't ask Alan because Alan doesn't usually complain about this. He got the point. But I remember looking at this and going, "What the hell is going on?" Alan Brogan. It's sixty-seven minutes. He's the last sub on. I couldn't understand it, and. It just didn't make sense. Well, to give Alan a good compliment, um, I had a bit of an injury uh, during the time Alan was your groin you were getting sorted. Yeah, yeah. And he used to be doing laps and laps around DCU trying to get himself back fit and months and months. And for all of those who have been injured, as we all have at some stage, it can be a lonely place at times. So uh, that would be my probably only compliment to you tonight, Alan. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I know, I'm only stagging, but uh, I was sitting behind the... Uh, 
I was in the premium in the canal end, and when Alan came in, he'd actually worked back and tracked back. They tried to secure possession, but like that one run, uh, despite coming on in, uh, with three minutes or plus the injury time, to be able to do that, uh, a man in his position with numerous all-stars and players of the year, takes great humility and uh, a great sense of playing for the other and playing for the team to work back and to kind of uh, work the ball out like he did. But just a couple of other possessions after it as well. And he was just kind of a safe pair of hands. And uh, similar to the 2011 that. final as well, you know, in that, that last part. Yeah, at that stage though, but... And then he went off in the shower with Dermot Connolly. <laughs> oh, well, Dermot, Dermot's a star. He needs someone to wash his back, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, like, I mean, this is Croke Park. So if you're in a club match and you're not getting on, you're going to run past the manager and then you run past him again. You might do a few stretches. Let him know you're about. So, like, what were you thinking 67 minutes? Does this lad know I'm fucking sitting here? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah like, the way we used to work was... Uh, um, Kind of three subs would go out every five minutes, so and it'd be set at, it'd be set before the match, so I'd be up with whoever, and you'd you'd warm up for three or four minutes. When you come back in, the next three you go out. Um, but towards the end of that match, there was obviously there was only one or two subs left. So Jim only had a few of us, or whoever was looking after the subs time only had a few had a few of us warming up and down. And I was thinking like I'd come on as a sub in every game that year, maybe around the fifty mark, fifty minute mark, fifty five minute mark. It was never past 60 in any game and I came on I think and it was getting to 60, 60, so I was running up and down like, chip, chip. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I won't say just nearly running over him and see, see, see what he noticed me but look, that, it, like, but, did you think he forgot you were there? You know, <laughs> did uh, that cross your mind? Uh, no, I don't remember thinking too much about it. I do remember looking at the clock and I think surely I'm going to get the call here soon but time slips away very quickly when you're warming yeah. up and kind of two, three minutes, four, five minutes can, like, can be gone in the blink of an eye um, and like for me at that stage, like I was thirty three or thirty four then, I was I knew it was going to be my last year, um, and I was happy to come in and do any job for the team that came in. I just I was very fortunate. That the, the rest score. didn't notice the steps. Yeah, fortunate for that too. <laughs> was it John McQuillan Reffin, Was it? <laughs> but uh, David Goffin, your man, right? David Goffin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Will I explain it? You know. Okay. Hopefully he does us a few favours on Sundays as well. Jeez, he's only plenty of favours. Now yours. <laughs> so you've, anyway, you've anyway. been accused on writing for Paddy Power of attacking poor David Goff and his integrity and his <laughs> objectivity. He's walking in Dublin, he's not poor. Um, <laughs> he's, I, no, I was asked a question. I was, I was asked, right, do you think David Goff should rift the game? And all I said was, I said, he works in Dublin, he lives in Dublin, and I said, no, that was it. So then fellas like yourself that make their living off social media. He does make his. Hold on. He does make his, his living off social media and trash talking. Obviously, you know, that's, that's, why, that's why he's in that seat and we are here. But um, they ran with the story like that, uh, oh, that, that we were like putting out a kind of a clucks blown um, carry that we didn't want him refing. It's the opposite. I was just asked an opinion, I gave it, and there was nothing against David Goff. And like he's refing now Sunday, and it's great that he's refing. It's like a player starting his first Ireland final. There's no pressure. Yeah. <laughs> have you None of your fam, Kerry. Have you a WhatsApp group called yeah. Kerry Mafia? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely WhatsApp group the <laughs> I think you both have mafias working in media. Another quick one I want to ask you before we quickly talk about the match. Is this playing into the Hill 16? And I was talking about this uh, stat on the show yesterday. So Dublin have played into Hill 16 in the first half on 22 of the last 29 occasions. 
and they won each time. But this year, this year Cluxton has won the toss twice and chosen to go into, into Hill 16. Now, we don't know whether fact, factors about win, but 22 of 29, either he's terribly unlucky with the toss or, you know, he's choosing to go into the hill where I'm sure, Aidan, when you were playing and when I was playing, you'd always want Dublin going into the hill in the first half and not have that hill 16 in the second half. I don't know if, that's, if he talked about that and what the two lads think about what, you know, what it was like when you were playing. We actually, I, I don't think we ever kind of spoke about it or talked about it. Like, we, we learned from the Mayo game, and what year was that? This you weren't going to go into Hill 16. Um, <laughs> there was only one team going to Hill 16. That was the warm up, but uh, yeah, but I mean, yeah, you don't like, want them kicking in in the second half when it, you know it's like the cop with Liverpool, you know, you just keep yeah, them out like of they, it. There were small things mentioned about it, but like, you know, like the, the years I played up, we'll say in the, the later years, the 15, 16, for us that time, it, it wasn't about Dublin playing into Hill 16, it was about being with them at the end of a game, like in 2016, I think it was level in the 72nd minute. And the one thing Dublin always had, it's like Alan coming on in 2015, the final, is that the subs that came in always made an impact. You know, like mm -hmm. I, I see young Costello against Mayo and was it uh, 17 rating and he kicked three or four points. Mm -hmm. You know, like th that's what you need. You need like, you talk about teams now and even about Alan coming on there. Like football has totally changed. Like when we started off, you won the first 15, like it was the end of the world. Like I played the first six Ireland finals I was starting. Next two thousand nine, I wasn't starting. It was like Jesus Christ, what's going on here? It was like into the world stuff, but now, now it's changed. Like you, you were talking about Tommy Walsh tonight, like about would you start him or would he come on? A lot of teams now, they may not necessarily start their strongest team and try to finish them. And I, I think Dublin, like for this Sunday, and getting back to what you're talking about, is that I think the hill is irrelevant. The only time I took notice of the hill was when you, you just walk behind the bend. It was great crack. Now if I could lip read. I'd say I'd be fighting out my life. <laughs> but, but like, it was, it was unreal to play in. Like, when you play a double, and like, I give you a compliment. It was, it was fantastic, even for, for a Kerry player, because the only pressure was on us, was the fellas that were sitting on the couch in the first episode here, was that uh, the Bomber D's guys. That pressure to carry on the Kerry jersey or the Dublin jersey mm. was putting your back when you went into an Ireland final was it a Dublin Kerry game, because what these guys had won before and the, the previous history. And for us, like when you were walking behind our team by his band and you were fa facing the hill, I used to be always smiling to myself. No, I wouldn't f smile into the hill. I'd know better. But <laughs> it's like, it was just, it's, it's amazing atmosphere that you could never in your life think of. Now, you said yourself you played in the finals with Leash and as well. Like, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> see, we can all show shit at each other. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Aidan, so from 95 to 2002, Dublin didn't win a Leinster Championship. So we won one in 2002 for the first time, and I was whatever, 16, 17, and the celebrations around the place, and we won the Leinster final. So ah, they were the, big back then. The Leinster yeah. games you played, like if you look back on the attendances, there were certainly 60, 70. There was 82 in 07. There was 82 yeah. in 07. But to get back to the hill, right? So the the. You the wind in Crow Park. You would have come on the scene, right? Yeah. And was the hill a factor in your decision which way to play? Now, you weren't around when Alan and Wheelow used to make a show of themselves by going down clapping to the hill. Do you remember when <laughs> that was going on? I, <laughs> you came after that. I, 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 I was starting to... I used to be at the training, training games with the lads and uh, trying to get into the squad, and I never understood why they were doing that and uh, probably still don't understand why they did it. Well, uh, well I know why the players did it because you're probably told to do it. But... Um, you know, hope they were told to do it, right? They told to do it, yeah. <laughs> but uh, that was probably a bit of a culture shift when Pat came in as well, Alan. You know, uh, this external stuff, while it was obviously super to have the crowd and 
tie in with Aidan's point uh, when you're walking behind the band and, uh, and the crowd are there. Um, uh, you know, if you let the moment get in on you, the uh, enormity of the moment, whether it's your first All Ireland or, or what have you, you just have to kind of just actually smile yourself. I used to do it too and just talk to myself, said, you know, thank God I'm here, isn't this brilliant? I'm sure let's see what happens. And, uh, but in terms of from a tactical point of view, from my experience, not that I shot that often, but I think of a good shot to score ratio, actually, but uh, not as good as Alan. <laughs> but um, there's a bit of a kind of swirly wind in the uh, shooting into the canal end, and that's just based on the shape of the stadium. So the hill, you know, there might be a bit more gust sometimes when you're shooting into that end, but uh, I wouldn't say Klucko is, is uh, thinking too much. So uh, you'd never actually decide, we'll go, if you win the toss, we'll go into the hill in the second half? The answer is to talk about, will we go with the wind or, or won't we? It was and, more uh, wind, right? Well, 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 I'll tell you why now I would go against the wind in the first half, and it's a very simple thing, and it comes down to, uh, down to time that is now added at the end of the second half. So 35 minutes is played, two minutes of injury time. Yeah. The second half comes on, uh, begins, and like Aidan mentioned, Gaelic football has changed, and quite often the team that finishes is looking for that team to be your strongest. So I think it's 20 seconds, you might notice, will you know? 20, 20 seconds. Sub, yeah, it's usually about seven minutes extra. It's usually about seven minutes. So if I'm thinking tactically, do I want more time kicking against the wind or kicking with the wind? Yeah, the answer is obvious. Yeah. So maybe that's the only thing that's uh, yeah. influencing the decision. But I can't, not, I can't believe I ever never really thought about that. That's why we're a distant seat. We're a distant seat. Oh my God. It seems so logical, right? Why would you? <laughs> I'd be ringing Peter Keane after this. Um, but, well, we uh, always uh, took the win like Egypt, right? What were we thinking? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Alan, you have a chance to defend yourself on the Hill 16 uh, going down to Clapton. Uh, I thought we were going to move on from that. Like. Uh, <laughs> what did you like, actually think? Because... Yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> I tell you, I was. Are you I, doing the interview or? I was working. There's an off license in uh, Fisbury there, Hart Corner, called Sweeney's Wine Merchants, and uh, I was only knocking around the training panel at that stage. So I knew it wasn't the championship squad, but you're playing against uh, Mayo in that semi-final, and uh, so obviously working on serving people, but had a television on in the background as you, as you would, and a bit of messing then in the warm-up, but. Um, I'd be honest, and I'm sure the lads will agree with me. Like you want the team to do well, but the fellow in your position maybe not to do so so well, so that you can get in. Um, but I remember kind of watching that and the lads kind of clapping and all that stuff. But uh, I, I I I never understood it. But I can only assume that it was some sort of psychological thing. Like, uh, like you have to remember, we were getting hammered by Tyrone. We were getting hammered by Kerry. We were walking through Leinster, but mm. maybe not walking through Leinster, but we were winning Leinster well at that stage. Um, we were coming up against the Tyrones, the Kerrys, and we were getting fed off the park. So we were looking for any angle, any angle we could find that could mm-hmm. just just bring us that bit closer. I don't know, maybe it wasn't even intimidation, and it was just trying to get that, trying Once. to get Hill 16, the 16 man, <laughs> the 16 man behind <laughs> us, and see could that make a difference for us. There was no really more to it than that, to be honest with you. Like I can't. You never like, thought of just like that kind of maybe tackle that bit harder or something, you know? Well, maybe, <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, like what Pat Gilroy thought of. Maybe there was that bit of insecurity in the team at the time. I don't know, but it was, it was like we were shipping a few big defeats and big games over the course of the three or four years before that. We'd obviously been beaten by Tyrone. That Mayo game, we'd, we'd, we'd been beaten by Tyrone in 05 when we thought we were ready to make that step up. Um, did you feel we were, we were probably doing bullied it. a little bit? We were probably bullied a little bit. I, was, I, I actually started very well in that game, and Conor Gormley came on me then. 
probably bullied me a little bit in the second half, didn't get that much ball. So for me personally, I was looking for any angle I could find that could maybe just make us some more. Yeah, maybe we should have just tackled harder. We never thought of that. It's like the extra time. Did you feel weird doing it? Were you hiding in the in the uh, crowd? Or were you... Wheeler uh, was being pulled back by the jersey one time. Well, that was the Mayo match, wasn't yeah, he? Someone was pulling... I, Wheeler was about to climb into the hill. Like. <laughs> <laughs> he was like the frack. And I feel... No, I always not felt comfortable enough. Like walking towards Hill 16. Like, we were dubs. We loved yeah. Hill 16. Yeah. I'm just thinking, I was saying on the show yesterday, could you imagine Jim Gavin watching that? Oh, yeah. I'd say yeah. he'd be like, what the f is going on here <laughs> it was a different time it was a it different was. time we it were was. in a completely different position than the team than the team now is and I suppose we were just looking for any angle we yeah. could and, and like like in fairness the pillar and that that management team like we left no stone unturned trying to reach an All-Ireland final and if there's one like I've said it before if there was one regret that I'd have over the course of my career and it's hard for me to have any regrets it's that we didn't manage to reach an All-Ireland final with that team over that period because yeah. It was a close group. We put a huge amount of effort in, and and, and we probably deserve like that game against Mayo that day is is obviously a big regret. We should have closed it's that game, game out in hindsight. Well. Maybe Toronto, but particularly that Mayo, like that Mayo. Game. We would have had to play Kerry in the final, so maybe we wouldn't have won the final. But just getting to a final at that stage would have been, a, been a monkey yeah. off the back for us. No, well, it's true. And I've I played against you. You were a very well prepared team. That's like I'm not trying. To, we're not trying to slag Pillar off because like I remember at that time thinking. You might come on your show again, Willie. You might come on your show again. Come here, we're, we're pushing on for time, so we're just going to get predictions on the game, but we might talk a little bit around the predictions. Jared, we'll start with you. Well, look, at, I suppose most of the comments has been around, you know, this is a, an up-and-coming Kerry team, a lot of young guys there. The very few, you know, the average age of the Kerry team is, is, is obviously not significantly lower than the Dublin squad, but there's more experienced guys, there's more All-Ireland in the... Uh, in the Dublin team going uh, to take the field on Sunday. But look at a bit like us going back to that 2011 final with zero All-Irelands playing against numerous All-Irelands. Like, there's always a bit of hope if you can kind of have that bit of belief in yourself. Um, personally, I feel that Kerry, they're just not quite there yet. I know they've won maybe four underage All-Irelands. They've gotten to a couple of under-20 All-Ireland finals in as well. When they do break through that glass seal and they're going to win a good few, they might mirror or get close to what Dublin have done now. Um, are they going to be good enough to do a Sunday? I don't think so. I was looking at some of the numbers and the amount of scores that uh, the average scores that Dublin and Kerry are getting the game. Now, albeit some easy games in in, um, in Leinster for Dublin team, uh, Kerry played maybe Beckler by three points. Bit of a tougher game against Cork in the uh, in the Munster final, but on average Dublin are scoring 26 points a game, conceding 12, and on average uh, Kerry are scoring 22 points, uh, conceding 16. So I think we're going to see similar numbers when it comes to the final. I don't think it's going to be that high. There are fine margins. If you look at the six All-Ireland finals, I know I'm diverging small <laughs> bit, but uh, you know, four of those six All-Ireland finals have been won by one point and won them out at replay. And then I think three points in 2015 against uh, the lads, and then maybe six points last year against Rome. So yeah. All-Ireland finals, funny things can happen. And the Kerry games have been close, 13, yeah. 16 and 15. Uh, there'd, be, there'd, be, there'd be nothing between them and... and uh, that sense of tradition that Aidan talked about, like uh, it's definitely a big weight on your. Well, is it, is it, sorry, you can use it as a weight or use it as a, as a motivator, and, and, and better players will use it as a motivator because you are standing on the shoulders of great men. And I know you had Alan Starr and a few of the other greats on the on the on the sofa as well. So I certainly would have been very much conscious of those things going to an All Ireland final. And one way of maybe alleviate alleviating some of the nerves going into a match, whether you're good enough or not, or am I going to be staying on the field or taking off or what have you? is I'm going to give it my all 
and if you're meant to, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And in 2011, it was meant to be, and it is gas. I was chatting to Colin Cooper this morning, and he, he he was captain that year, but he was saying when he kicked his lovely points, he dummied in on the left. I think I'm feeling kicked over on the right. Uh, he was looking up at the scoreboard. They were four points up, uh, maybe seven minutes to go, give or take. And he says, right, games, you know, we're doing okay here. Let's win the next ball. One or two more scores. And he said, in all the years playing Dublin, if they were up by four or five points going into the last quarter, they tended to win by seven, eight, even nine points. And that creeps into your psyche because you're so used to winning us. Uh, sorry, beating us, rather. So you asked me who's going to win. Dublin's going to win by five. Dublin's going to win. Paddy Power right on the handicap, yeah. as usual. Uh, Aidan, what do you think? Yeah, I, I suppose, look, um, they say the bookies are never too far wrong. Um, it's a young Kerry team. I was looking during the week there. I think there's 17 on the panel that are playing their first All-Ireland final. Um, I suppose the only thing that gives us hope in Kerry is that they're young lads. You'll get into your first All-Ireland final. You're going to be hungry. Um, I don't think the they're not going to be looking at trying to stop Dublin in the 5-0. I know, I know the first panel said this. They're trying to win their first All-Ireland final. Mm -hmm. like, I started off in 2003 and I was sitting on the bench and we played Tyrone and my seven Paul Gavin was sitting beside each other and I just said to Paul, I said, we should be on there. I genuinely meant it. I said, like, we, sh we should be in there. Like, we should be playing. And I remember Tyrone bullied Kerry that day. And in 2004, we came into that team and we were like fellas possessed as in we just wanted that Kerry jersey. We wanted to replicate what had been done before by Owen and Jack and these guys. And you want to leave the jersey in a better place. So now I, I think the... The team I was involved in up to 2016, a lot of those guys are gone. And there's a new group after coming through. And they're young. They'll have no fear. Um, the pressure is on Dublin. Like, obviously, and I, I, don't, I don't mean that in a throwaway comment, because the five in a row is there to win, something that's never been won before. And you have a young Kerry team coming up. As I said, they have nothing to lose. And, like, I won't say we come up and hope, because... In a Kerry Dublin games, there's never much between them. And the one thing I've seen down through the years when Kerry played Dublin, and you know this, Alan, is that everyone speaks about the matchups and mm. the forwards from Dublin and the forwards from Kerry. And if it, when the games go on, then lads are marked out of it, and it something else happens in the game. You know, the, the the main forwards you look at mightn't appear that day or mightn't show up, or they might come on 67 minutes and kick a pint after taking nine s steps. But, <laughs> you know, like, but you know what I mean? Like, as in, like, that, that's why I think Sunday is where it, it could be a low-scoring game because the whole analysis for the last two or three weeks has been on, like, who's going to mark um, Paul Mannion or who's going to mark Conn, um, you know, and, and any day you're trying to mark both of them mm. and you're kind of saying, look, if one of them kicks two or three points and you're doing well, so I, I think that's on both sides. So for me, I, I think that from a Kerry side, you, you from, from my side, we always got belief when we put on the Kerry jersey and we have to have belief in Sunday. And for me, I think the Kerry will beat him by a point. <laughs> Quickly, as... As part of your prediction, Alan, I want you to include the matchups in the Dublin defence if Tommy Walsh starts. And Jerry, you can help out too. Yeah. Um, well, the matchups, I think it's a tricky one for Jim because if Tommy Walsh starts, he's used Philly over the last few years to pick up Kieran Donaghy, to pick up Aidan O'Shea, and he's played full forward. So obviously, he's not going to know if Tommy Walsh starts. Philly has started on the bench in the last few games. So, so the likelihood is Philly won't start the game. So if Tommy Walsh plays. I think he'll play 
Yeah, the, the talk to James McCarthy, but then he's to move James McCarthy back from... James McCarthy marked him, went in on him in the league game in, in Tralee. Back, yeah. back. Yeah. yeah. I, think, I think Mike Fitzsimons will pick up Clifford. Clifford, yeah. Um, and, who'll, and go Mike Gini, the, who'll go on Gini? Or Sullivan or Cooper? Um, Johnny Cooper or, or Davy Byrne will be there as well. So it, it's... it's like Tommy Walsh is the X factor in this, and he has he is. like he changes the matchups completely, doesn't yeah, he? he? Definitely does. It's like even um, size wise, Mick Fitzsimons would be the taller of, of, of the four fullbacks that Alan mentioned. And if Tommy doesn't start, it's a simple matchup to put him on uh, on uh, David Clifford. Clifford. Yeah. Uh, if Tommy Walsh does does those starts, I'd probably put Philly there because he'd be a bit. Like Aiden, he'd be kind of just strong, marking, yeah. yeah, strong. Like the way he marked Aiden, uh, Michael Murphy in 2014. Um, so, but again, Alan did say, uh, say it already. Davy Bourne has started most of the games. It'd probably be unfair. Do you know drop, when you talk Davey. about the the Q carry horse? Like this guy is inside track, so he knows exactly who's going to be picking up who. Like <laughs> we're, we're here, and he's going around. Like Philly's not starting there, and he might be on. Very affecting the team there going on. Very um, and Paul Mannion tore his hamstring. You heard that? Did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we went a few yeah, more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, like I think for me, the, the, the like like a big fact is two exceptional sets of forwards, and they're both going to be hard to tie down. But like an All Ireland final takes on a life of its own. It's edgy. It's tense for long periods of the game. But the carry the carry back line for me, and a couple of them have done well. But I think they're missing. With Peter Crowley gone this year, like I think they're missing like a real leader back there, someone like Aiden or like a Jer that's that's that has experience and has that ability to play centre back and and just command that area. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if Kerry have that um, in their six backs at the moment, and and I think that's going to be the challenge. The other area I think is going to be the Kerry goalkeeper Shane Ryan. It's his first year. His first year in the championship. No sure thing. At some stage in that game, Dublin are going to put put serious pressure on his kick out and how he copes with that. I think is going to have a big a big impact on the game. If he can carry have a chance, I think if he struggles with his kick outs and Dublin put that press on with their four their four big men across the middle, then I think that will give the likes of Con and and, and Paul Mannion opportunities inside and and. I, I like I expect Dublin to win. Like you can never write off Kerry, and Dublin would never write off Kerry going into a game like this. Um, but I think as well for the like, top of the five in a row, I think for spectators and, and and fans on both sides, on both sides of the fence, I think it's a dream All Ireland final. Like Dublin have a chance to win five in a row, Kerry have a chance to stop five in a row. Um, so I think for us, it's a dream final, and I know everyone's hugely looking forward to it. But, but I'm, I'm going to go for I'm going to go for Dublin by three eight. Dublin by three. Right, so you're going to say more. But even, even outside that, it, it is the dream final. Like yeah, even yeah. for, you know, when people talk to you and they'd say, would you love to be playing now? Now, obviously, you, you realise after a few years you don't want to play because the level has gone to me. But like, it is the dream final. You know, mm -hmm. carrying Dublin. And like the lads are on the couch tonight. You know, the, the guys that played in the 70s and the, the golden era of football. You know, like, you'd love for those days to come back again because you have two teams now, even the Dublin team. Like, even if Kerry win the game Sunday or if Dublin win the five in a row, those both those teams are they're still they're still very young. Like the average mm -hmm. age is I'd say if the Kerry team is twenty one, twenty two, twenty three, same with Dublin. They're not going anywhere for the next seven or eight years, which is very healthy for football as well, because you know, you've the I suppose the I won't say about leash now in case I think I cut the back off you again. <laughs> but it's just a great game to look forward to for an all Ireland final. There's so much riding in this game, you know, the five in a row which they've done a good job of keeping it quiet. You think some fellas like yourself now, they'd be 
on the borderline, which we'll start driving it on a bit. But um, <laughs> we even got Andy Morn to retire to try to keep it off the back page <laughs> for another day. <laughs> I was going to say, you're coming up with Jim Gavin, what he does. But, um, you know, like, it has, it has. And I, I think that's the beauty about the game Sunday because, like, the, the good thing with youth and both teams are young. With the Kerry team, like, when you're playing your first all-around final, there's going to be no expectation on them, the expectation they put on themselves. And, like, I just think we've a great game to look forward to and we're very fortunate to be looking forward to a game like that. Yeah, I think we're all looking forward. Well, that's always time for us, so give it up for paddle number two. <laughs> all right. Like I said, that's it. We'll be back on Monday morning. We'll have a review show. Keen Ward will be back in then, so we'll talk to you then. So good night, everyone. I met my love by the gas works Parkinson is brought to you by Paddy Power, home of the Money Back Special. I'm not finished yet, it took me a long time to get here. Both players have, have spoken with each other and uh, 
um, they regret what happened. They've had a frank discussion with each other, and they're, they're both of them are keen to, to now focus on getting back to their county jerseys. But these fellas will get such a shell shock next Saturday evening that we'll put them back in their houses for 10 years. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.